I'm Olympic and world champion diver, Laura Wilkinson, and this is the Pursuit of Gold podcast. Each week, we are unlocking the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual tools that help athletes reach their biggest goals in sports. Can you imagine jumping off of a 90-foot cliff at speeds of up to around 60 miles per hour and having to time that jump just right so that you don't hit the incoming waves at the wrong angle? Oh, and while you're at it, add a couple of flips, a few twists, and don't make a splash, okay? Today's guest on the Pursuit of Gold podcast is an absolute legend in the sport of high diving. Gary Hunt is a two-time world champion and an eight-time Red Bull Cliff Diving World Series champion for Great Britain. He has pushed the limits of his sport with his daredevilish ways since he started high diving, doing some of the most difficult dives in the world, constantly pushing the limits of what's possible. But before his days as an extreme athlete and diving off of castles and out of helicopters, Gary had excelled in the more traditional Olympic events of diving. In fact, he was even a Commonwealth Games bronze medalist. And now after spending a decade in his adopted country of France, Gary is adding the 10 meter platform back into his repertoire and looking to achieve a lifelong dream of becoming an Olympian with his eye on the 2024 games in Paris. In our conversation, Gary takes us through his journey of becoming an extreme athlete. He tells us his secret to staying calm during the toughest competitions. And he even talks about his new adventure, which is actually chasing after an old dream. The absolute best way that you can help support this podcast and allow us to keep bringing you these inspiring and resourceful episodes for free is to simply subscribe to the Pursuit of Gold podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now and give us a five-star review. Encourage your friends and teammates to listen and subscribe too. Maybe they need to be empowered just like you. Our goal at The Pursuit of Gold is to help equip you to reach your peak performance through these powerful conversations that we're having. It only takes a minute for you to subscribe and give us a great review, but it will help us continue to bring you powerful content that will help you reach your biggest goals. And as my gift to you for listening today, I have a freebie that contains five smart strategies for confidence. So go snag it right now at laurawilkinson.com slash learn, or just click the link in the show notes. All right. I believe that there is gold in your future. So let's dive on into this extreme episode with Gary Hunt. Well, Gary Hunt, welcome to the Pursuit of Gold podcast. I am so excited to talk about your story today. Thank you very much for having me. Okay. Well, you're really well known for your daredevil tricks off of a 27 meter platform. And for my American listeners, that's almost 90 feet. But I think it's really important for the listeners to know that we don't all start off knowing how to do these crazy awesome things. We have to start at the beginning. So what did the beginning look like for you? How did you find your way to diving in the first place? I kind of kind of fell into it. Um, I My dad was a, a swimming fan. Um, so he was very adamant that we would all start in a, a swimming club at a very early age. And my sisters were were very talented and were going to, to the national championships. And I, I never showed any real promise in, in swimming. I was always being told off for chatting to my friends <laughs> at the end of each, uh, each lane. And eventually when I started training in the, in the big pool where there was the diving pool next to it, I started noticing the divers uh, in the other side of the pool 
looking like they were having much more fun than I was <laughs> and chatting half chatting more than they were diving. So uh, I asked my parents if I could uh, take lessons. And uh, within a year of doing both swimming and diving, uh, I realized uh, that that was for me. Uh, and I, I loved it straight away and just, uh, yeah, couldn't get enough of it, basically. Oh, my gosh. I love that. So you kind of switched for the social aspect. <laughs> it kind of sounds like... <laughs> Yeah, that was it, really. It was just, uh, I couldn't really understand what I was doing, uh, swimming up and down. Uh, I, I think I enjoyed it, but I was just doing it because my sisters were doing it. And uh, But when I saw what the divers were doing, it uh, yeah, it really turned me on. And I'd done a bit of gymnastics when I was young, but um, stopped when I was maybe five years old. And then, uh, yeah, just went went for swimming. So uh, didn't come from a diving family or anything, Just uh, just happened to to notice the divers uh i think i was nine years old when that happened and uh yeah just jumped in at the deep end uh, literally and uh and took off from there i love it well i mean you became a really accomplished 10 meter platform diver which is the olympic level that like i compete from too i mean in fact you were commonwealth games bronze medalist in synchro in 2006 i mean that's a big deal so how did you transition from that into high diving like what why did you drop that you were being really successful like tell me about that journey yeah, it was um, not a decision that I made uh, quickly. It was um, just I'd, I'd watched high diving videos in the past and uh, I always would uh, speak with my friends and imagine what, what we would like to do, what we would dare to try. And I'd always been used to diving feet first. I had a, a list of uh, list of dives and I would tick off every new dive that I would do. And I wanted to fill out basically all the dives. And so just to challenge myself and learn new dives, I would be learning lots of feet first, um, crazy dives basically. And uh, so that kind of put me in the right track towards high diving. And um, it was just a, a chance that um, when I was at the European Championships uh, in 2000, 2006, my coach then got a phone call from a diver saying uh, we need a, a diver for a high diving show or just just a, not to go up on the the high board but just to, to fill in um, do you have do you know anyone that would we would, would want to do it for for a month and that was just about when the end of the season was i had a month off and because i had a reputation of uh, of doing crazy dives the coach came to me and asked me if i wanted to do it and so that was my first uh, real test of of going up higher than ten meter, and and I loved it. And there was a Australian world champion high diver there who kind of took me under his wing and and said to me, "Look, you're learning very fast. Uh, if you want next year, I'll I'll put your name into the organisers, and uh, and you can do a couple of competitions if you want." So uh, within. I think I spent a month uh, in Italy in a small tank of water. I think it's maybe about 10 meters wide and, and four meters deep and a, an 18 meter ladder. And <laughs> I spent a month learning all the dives that I could possibly do. And uh, the competitions at that time were a little bit lower. I think there was um, a 22 meter competition, 23 meter competition. So uh, not so much different than the, the 18 meters that I've been practicing from. And so, um, yeah, from the from the year after that, 2007, I, I uh, continued doing a 10 meter. But then uh, in the summer, I went and did uh, the high diving competitions. And uh, it was just uh, it was like a, a new door was being opened before me. And uh, with so many possibilities in, in 10 meter, I, 
I was I was still improving, but um, I was uh, 22, 23 years old, and at that time competing against a little uh, maybe 12-year-old Tom Daly who was <laughs> already cleaning the floor with me. And uh, <laughs> it just seemed uh, like the obvious choice, like, okay, let the new generation uh, take over and uh, let me let me try this new sport where where the possibilities are endless and uh, so it just kind of gave me a new uh, a new inspiration and new motivation to learn new things and uh, yeah I uh, was a, a big step but I, I never looked back. I love this, but it, it kind of because I, I think about it because I watch you guys and I think about it and it kind of terrifies me to my very soul because it's like you guys are doing things I do off 10 meter and then a front flip half twist out of that, you know, and I, I understand it in my brain, but I can't imagine making that transition like, but you sounded like you were already a little crazy, you know, do you kind of have those cat like reflexes like with that really good air awareness where like you could just kind of throw your body off in any direction and find your way to your feet? Yeah, I guess so. I, I mean, I was never the the, the most spatially aware child. Like, I, uh, it took me a long time to to really use my eyes in in diving. In fact, I I used to close my eyes as soon as I would start spinning fast in an optional. I would close my eyes and then open them again when I would open out of the the dive. And I was doing that for years. And it was only when I was maybe seventeen, eighteen years old that my my coach said, like, if you're really doing that. I'm not going to teach you back three and a half of 10 meter. You need to be using your eyes. So it took me a good year, if not longer, to transition, to concentrate, to open my eyes and and, and use my spotting. And so uh, that definitely helped. And um, I, I used to play a lot of games with my friends. Uh, when, when the diving session was over, we'd stay in there for an extra five, 10 minutes and just play, follow my leader and try and do what the other person would do. And so... Um, that led to a lot of uh, a lot of smacking on my back on my front, and I kind of, kind of just getting over the fear of of a, of a bit of a whack. Basically, I just realizing that it's not that bad. Like you, it hurts, but then after a while, as long as you're in a a good fun mood, you can laugh it off. Basically, so um, yeah, that that all helped to um, for me to be able to find my find my feet or my hands in tight situation so um yeah i think the the fact that i was playing around with uh it was with blake aldridge and gavin brown peter waterfield all those guys uh, um that really helped me uh get to where i am today oh that's so cool well i mean the places you guys get to dive are absolutely incredible i mean i've seen you dive off of like buildings and castles into these like forest covered holes that open into caves you know do you have a favorite place to dive yeah i think that that's what really tempted me in in cliff diving was was getting out of the pool and getting into nature and yeah some of the 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 places we get to dive are, are really stunning uh a favorite place of there are a few for different reasons i I think uh, in mexico close to where all the mayan pyramids are there's a a cenote a big hole in the ground where we we dive and it's it just feels really out of this world when you're on the 10 the 27 meter it it doesn't feel like you're on 27 meters because you've got trees around you it's only when you really look down that uh, that you realize you're that high up so for me it was quite reassuring the the places when you're just up on a ladder and there's nothing else around is a lot scarier for me right but there places like that there's there's next to no spectators 
but on the other hand there's places like uh, La Rochelle in France where we've we've had up to 70,000 people come to watch and wow. it's cold it's windy it's uh, it's really tough conditions <laughs> but when you you're performing in front of that many people it just makes it all worth it oh for sure is well and wind has got to be a huge factor i mean wind's a factor on an outdoor 10 meter platform like i can't imagine another 17 meters up like that has got to mess with your head yeah, it's uh, it's really tough, uh, especially for the guys doing handstands. We don't have to do all the the groups, all the directions. We we get to choose two two directions for our difficult dive. So, I made the the wise decision of not choosing to do any <laughs> handstands, just uh, staying on my feet. But uh, yeah, going up there for an inward takeoff or a back takeoff when you're just on your on your tiptoes on the edge, it's uh, it's tough mentally um, when you know there's there's wind and. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> something you have to deal with uh, with up there. The judges are kind. Like if if they see that it's the, the wind's bothering you, they're not going to take uh, two marks off or anything like that. They give you the time that you need, and then. Uh, but uh, yeah, sometimes when it's really windy, you just you just want it to be over. You just. Uh, um, yeah, it can be tough, but there there are minimum wind uh, velocities as well. If it gets to a certain stage i think it's it's quite high 50 kilometers per hour or something like that then they'll they'll stop the competition but um it's normally the competition goes on oh wow yeah that's like what my coach would call that character building <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it truly is so okay can you tell us maybe because i know you have been doing high diving for a long time now you have got to have a crazy high diving story or experience you can tell us about a good one or a bad one? Oh, either way, whatever <laughs> you have you're to in the narrow mood it for. down. <laughs> either, either or. Oh, to put me on the spot, it's uh, it's tough. There's <laughs> there's so much you you go through in in high diving the the highs and the lows. Like one of the the biggest challenges for me was when uh, when I did a, the first ever running takeoff from the twenty seven meter because on ten meter you're used to it. Everyone on their forwards takeoffs on on platform you take a run up and go but before i started doing it nobody had done that before and the dives that people were doing weren't hard enough to really warrant that that running takeoff but um it was actually an idea that my friend had uh, gavin brown who was tragically killed in a in a car accident when when we were both maybe uh, 19 years old but we were talking and he was said, I'm going to be the first person to to do a running takeoff. And at the time I, I just, I did much of it, but then um, I started cliff diving, started to learn harder and harder dives. And I was doing a, a front quad with one and a half twists and I wanted to do front quad with two and a half twists. And I knew that running takeoff would, uh, would, would help me with that. But it was, uh, very very tough mentally and uh it took me um a long time to to pick up the guts to to do it and i i finally managed to do it in the in the competition in italy and the training is is often much more scary than the than the actual competitions the, mm -hmm. the competitions when when you've done your training you're you're high on the adrenaline you you just uh you're you're scared but you're just scared to to underperform and things like that but the training is is really uh really tough so uh finally i managed to do it in training i i swam over to my friends straight away had a celebratory uh drink and then uh and then uh in the competition 
I was doing really well. It was uh, I was winning the competition by quite a quite a margin, and then had this last dive, and uh, the takeoff uh, wasn't as good as the one in training, and there was quite a lot of waves. So um, I just didn't have enough time to to fit the dive in, and landed with my uh, my legs were vertical, but my whole upper body was uh, was almost vertical. Uh, so um, I, I don't really remember too much about after it um i i remember grabbing the the scuba diver and having to to catch my breath because i was completely winded and i couldn't couldn't breathe but after a while caught my breath and then um was taken off to the to the shore where everyone else was finished and so they were getting ready for the the medal ceremony or the trophy ceremony and i managed to get still hold on to to third place oh wow so i'd done all the the medal uh, took took my trophy did an interview and then uh, i was chatting with a friend afterwards and i i was thinking about what had happened and i couldn't remember anything about after the dive i, I couldn't remember how i got back onto the onto the shore and and so he said i think you need to go to the hospital yeah. or get checked up for concussion or something like that so i yeah it was a uh, Kind of a tough uh, maybe three weeks after that competition because my whole upper, upper body was uh, completely uh, locked up, all tight. I, uh, I didn't break any bones, but um, yeah, it was uh, very tough. I had to miss miss the next competition and uh, yeah, just wait it out. But uh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> just oh, something that can happen. We're, there's a few of us now pushing the the boundaries and and learning these new dives uh, and yeah you just have to expect to, that it's not always going to go your way well and <laughs> to, i mean like you you mentioned the scuba divers like you know it's a dangerous sport when you have to like signal the the scuba divers at the bottom before you go and you have to come up front with your thumbs up sign right like i'm good so they yeah. don't drag you out <laughs> that's kind of intense but i mean good thing that they're there <laughs> for sure some of the places we dive there's a, a strong current as well so they have to really be on the ball because there's there's horror stories of, of people being swept away and one, one of the red bull divers uh, knocked himself out in a in a competition when when there was a strong current and all the the other divers were had their hearts in their hand basically when uh. when we saw what had happened and he didn't come up from the water straight away and, and luckily uh, they they managed to save him but um yeah, we have, we have to be really careful. So they've they've got a good good team. They're all uh, prepped beforehand, and uh, yeah, we feel like we're in safe hands. Wow, I mean that's that's just intense. Uh, there's well, you talked about your new dive, so I want to ask you a question because I was reading this online, and you know, you just never know what what's true <laughs> when you find it online. But it was talking about the process to get a new dive, like introduced, like to be able to do it. Like the judges have to watch you practice it or something. Like how does that? Because because you guys are, I mean, the sport is still relatively new, and you're making stuff up. So how does that kind of process work? Yeah, they they put that rule in there to avoid situations where people would get excited and and put something in their list of dives that they're not capable of doing um so any new dive um the the judges won't let you put it in your list of dives unless they've seen you do it and they they consider it a safe dive basically but uh yeah like all all dives even on 10 meter you just uh do all the the bits and pieces the the lead-ups and the 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 lead ups for twenty seven meter divers can get very strange, very um, 
Very tough, very <laughs> horrible dives. Uh, sometimes the lead-ups are, are even worse than the, the actual 27-meter dive, but uh, it, it, it just helps uh, helps your confidence um, to know that you've done everything you that you can before you get up onto that, that top board. So I have to ask now, I mean, what, what is the worst lead up that you have to do <laughs> for one of your dives? Um, <laughs> uh, what are some of the things we do? Um, I've done front triple with one twist on three meter, front triple with two twists on three meter. I got to a point where I, I really didn't like doing the lead ups. And so some of the, the recent dives that I've done, I've just not, done the full lead up for example back one of my dives is back triple with four twists so i I basically do a a back one and a half with three and a half twists and then go into a pike shape do a single somersault pike and then go into the the barani and i could do back three and a half twister on 10 and i i did it on seven meter as well but i i wasn't willing to to go over to my feet and do a back double with three and a half twists, which some of the other guys, uh, Steve Labou, uh, I, I know has done that, but I just, I, I knew it was going to go bad. And <laughs> some of these lead ups, you, you almost know you're going to take a, a hit even yeah. if you do it well. And so, uh, for that one, I, I just, uh, I just went for it, just went up there and ran it over in my heart, in, in my mind thousands and thousands of times. I lost sleep a lot before that dive I, every time i would go to bed i couldn't help but imagine myself up on that board doing the dive and uh, eventually uh, yeah i did it and then uh, well yeah okay so and we're talking about like the yes obviously the the mental part of this and the fear and and 27 meters up i mean diving's already a mental sport but that high up and and like you said you can't even always or don't always want to do those lead ups cuz it can even hurt more it's harder so walk me through how you mentally prepare to either learn a dive and like how you prepare for competition that way. Because y- your mental game has got to be just totally on point so that you don't get hurt. Not not only just to do well, but just so that you don't get injured. Yeah, I, I guess everyone just develops their their process of how... Um how to to build up the the confidence that they need to actually step onto that platform and and go for it obviously the the lead ups help but um i think for for the competition i i've learned what i can do to to stay calm and 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 not not think about what can go wrong i think in my early days up on the platform i, I would take quite a long time and there would be a lot of negative thoughts that would come into my head. What What are you going to do if if you come out too early? What What are you going to do if you slip? Or loads of horrible things would go through my mind, and um, it was it was tough to deal with. But in the last in the last few years, I've uh, discovered that if I if I concentrate on my breathing, if I, I I didn't want to stand on the platform for a long time, so I decided to to make a system where I would get my feet into a comfortable position and take one breath while I'm doing that and allow myself just one more breath on the edge of the board and then, and then go. And I found while I'm concentrating on my breathing, I'm not thinking I'm not allow allowing any of these negative thoughts to, to come into my mind. So that's, that's really helped me a lot. So you like really just stay in that moment and focus on your breath and almost don't even think about the dive right when you're going. Is that right? Yeah, it's, um, I I think about the dive more before I'm on the edge of the the platform, um, run it over a few times in my head. But when 
my arms are in position. I'm not really thinking too much about what, what I need to do. That that kind of changes for me in, in 27 meters and 10 meters because the, the 10 meter dives, I, I feel like I have so much to think about. I, you have to be so much faster and quicker. And uh, for, for me, landing feet first, I've got to a stage now where I don't really need to think about what position my body needs to go in. It, it just happens naturally. Whereas on 10 meter, it's really not the case. I have to really think about not my the position of my hips, the position of my shoulders and everything like that. So um, I'm, I'm trying to use what I've learned in, in high diving, staying calm and, and just, uh, just letting my body do what it needs to do. I'm trying to translate that back into the 10 meter, but it's, uh, yeah, it's very tough. This is really interesting for me to hear. I love, I love how different people process it. And, and I mean, you are, Mm. you are so dang consistent. I mean, you've won like 10 global titles, two world championships. You've won eight of the Red Bull cliff diving world series. And that's like the whole series. Like you've won the overall thing. I mean, how, how are you so consistent? Like, what is your secret, Gary? Come on, give it to me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think I, I, I managed to stay calm in tough situations when there's a lot of pressure i feel like it i mean I, i've been in situations where there's been a lot of pressure and i and i've blown it is it's not it's not like i'm i'm a machine and every time there's pressure it's uh it, it goes well but uh in the times where it hasn't gone well i think i've learned from it and um i came into the sport at a time whether the level was different. I was one of the first divers to to really transition directly from competitive 10 meter into 27 meter. Whereas nowadays you're getting a few, few more divers that are doing both simultaneously. But at the time I was the highest level um, 10 meter diver that had tried high diving. And so I was also willing to learn dives that hadn't been done before. And so I was uh, the first of a wave of new high divers that were really going to push the boat out. And also it was a time when there was more and more high diving competitions because there's been years before I started where there was only a few competitions at, at these heights. But at the start of the Red Bull Cliff Diving World Series, that really changed everything because we had enough competitions to to get used to the height, to, to start getting comfortable up there and um, enough time up on the 27 meters to choose your moment when you want to learn a new dive and uh and so um yeah i was i i entered the the sport at the right time and have managed to to stay on top of that that wave and yeah it gets it gets harder and harder every year and uh i get motivated each year even more with the with the the younger and younger cats coming in uh doing harder and harder stuff that that only pushes me to keep going I love that. I mean, you, yeah, you were there the very first year Red Bull cliff diving came in, right? 2009, I think. Yeah, they, they'd hunt, they'd done competitions before that. I think even back in the year 2000, there was a, a competition in Hawaii and uh, a few competitions, but not every year wasn't a, it wasn't a thing. There were some years without competitions and 2009 was the first time that we had a, a, a world series. So I think there was uh, six or seven competitions in the, in the first year. And then, since then, uh, yeah, there's been at least six, seven competitions every year. So it's uh, really given us the chance to to get used to the heights up there and then learn some big tricks. 
That's so cool. Well, I want to ask you about coaching too, because as you're kind of one of the first people, like you mentioned, to kind of really be doing this consistently and transitioning from the way we've done like more Olympic style diving into the high diving, you know, there's, there weren't a lot of people before you. So I've heard some of the American high divers say that they've just had to coach each other. Like, how have you mm-hmm. navigated that? Because that's, I mean, you're, you guys are athletes really paving this sport, right? I mean, even right now, you're still, it's still so new. So how is that working for you? Yeah, you have to deal with what you can get, basically. Uh, at the Red Bull competitions, nobody goes there with a coach. So you, we're all friends. There's there's not as much rivalry in, in high diving as there is diving. And maybe that's because the, there's no coaches in there. You're, you're just on your own. And, and also because of the risks involved, you, you don't want to see anyone get hurt. You want to finish the competition with everyone safe and sound. And so you can go and have a beer together and, and all is well, regardless of the the results. So we watch each other, we film each other. And uh, when people go home, I mean, it's it's not easy to to have a coach. I'm, I'm lucky uh, here in France to be able to train with the, the French team. But uh, a lot of the high divers don't have the opportunity to, to have a, a, a full-time coach and they they have to just deal with what they they can get some of them don't have access to a pool and it's really a kind of a, a freestyle job you just have to uh, do what you can basically <laughs> well i mean I can see the good and the bad of that because, I mean, sometimes coaches can, you know, kind of give you that kick in the butt when you need it or calm you down or or whatever. But I mean, if you don't have that, I guess you really do have to become more independent and more mentally strong in that way of like, I got to figure out how I'm going to navigate this. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It was something that was, for me, very refreshing. I I loved the fact that I didn't have a a coach. Uh, I, I was, it was only me on there just doing, I was deciding what my training schedule would be and, uh, and things like that. I, I loved it. But then I got to a certain stage where I, I, I realized that if I want to keep improving and, and I, I needed that push from, from somebody. And so, um, it was around 2014 when I, I just made the decision that, um, I was doing diving shows before, before that, I, I realized that in the diving show, it's not the best environment. You can't you can't really train as much as you you need to, and that's when I I started. I stopped doing the shows and just um, became a hundred percent professional athlete. I guess you would call it. I just trained in the the winter season and then competed in the the summer. And I, I realized that the with the the new guys coming in, if I wanted to stay on top, that was uh, that was something that I was going to have to do. Okay, so you told us earlier too about one of your your scarier moments. Uh, do you have like a a, st- a story on the opposite end of the spectrum, like a really cool, exciting, maybe like your favorite moment from a competition, or even a training, I guess, or having fun? I think diving from a helicopter is one of my highlights. What? Uh, it, it was. I, I'd heard people had had done it before, and eventually, thanks to Red Bull, I got the opportunity. Uh, out here in France to to jump out of a, a helicopter in front of Fort Boyard with a, a couple of other divers, yeah, that was really scary. Really, <laughs> really hard to to judge how high you are, and because in in the pool or usually for cliff or something like that, you have kind of a you have objects around cliffs or something to to give you a sense of. Uh, direction the sense mm-hmm. of of how high you are but in the the middle of the open ocean it's really hard to 
to really gauge how how quickly the water's coming so uh, the the first couple of dives uh, definitely were were not uh, not very nice uh, hitting the water and it was a uh, an interesting uh, experience but uh, yeah feeling the the wind of the 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 helicopter when you're standing on that little ledge was uh, was kind of a, a pinch myself moment like is this am i really doing this uh, how how did my life come to to, to this stage here <laughs> well that's going to be weird i mean if you're pushing off a helicopter too i mean does the helicopter move because if you're used to going off a rock yeah. or a platform that's pretty sturdy <laughs> yeah it does you can feel it it gives way a little bit when you're when you're pushing for sure oh my gosh i feel like that's every nightmare i have about like a diving competition where i have to go off of like a couch cushion or something that i can't like push off of oh man well i'm glad it worked out well and that was a good adventure for you yeah I, I do have to bring this up because I, I read that in 2019 at one of the Red Bull stops in Lebanon, you became the first diver in series history to receive a perfect 10 score from each of the five judges. What dive was that? That And like, did you know it was that good? And how did that feel? Um, it was uh, a back triple four twists. The, the dive, uh, I think that this dive was uh, really the key to my success. It was the the first dive that wasn't really a, a 10 meter dive kind of translated into a high dive. It, nobody was doing a back one and a half, uh, back two and a half with three and a half twists on 10 meter. And so nobody really knew how it would, you know, how it would go. And so, um, for, for the last 10 years, this has been my, my secret weapon basically. So <laughs> it's a dive that I've, I've got very comfortable with and, the thing was in Lebanon, we had a lot of waves. It was uh, really tough conditions. And I think only maybe half of the, the divers actually went to the, the training session off, off the, the platforms. And I made the decision to, to not train that dive and just uh, give it my all in, in the, in the competition. And I think that's uh, that was a good decision. I, I've, I've done dives in the past where I, uh, I train it and it's, it's really good. And then I get to the competition and it's not quite the same as, as that first one. And I, I felt good. We'd, we'd come from another competition, I think the week before. And so I just decided to give it my all in, in the competition and, uh, and make it a good one. And, for sure, I knew it was good. I, I I wasn't sure if it was uh if it was worth the perfect ten from everyone, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it got the it got the points, and I was very happy to have achieved that. Yeah, that's so cool. I, but okay, so the things that you're saying are like blowing my mind a little bit because you're like, <laughs> I just decided not to train and just do it in the meet, and that, that just like screams in my head like what you know like that because that's that mental thing that's totally different from what your standard sports are used to, where you have to warm up. You you have to train, you have to be ready, but this is just a different level. Like, okay, you're like, well, I came from a meet last week, so I'm good. You know, how, how, how is that a thing? You know what I mean? Like, do you just study video beforehand? Are you just thinking about it a lot? Are you going through actions? Like, how do you prepare when you haven't done it for a week and that makes you feel ready? Like, how does this work? <laughs> Explain this to me, Gary. No, there's no, no studying video or anything. Uh, I've I mean, no, I have done in the past, like reviewed my other dives to see how it looked and and get a better sense of uh, of how it's going to go. But um, you can't dive as much as you do on 10 meter from 27 meters. We don't have the opportunity. We, we just have one day of training before the competition starts. And 
if you do a few dives up there, the next day you're going to be sore. So it's really a, a case of uh, conserving your energy and Usually I will do one of each dive before the competition. When we get to a new location, I, it's very rare that I, I don't train one of my dives. But uh, in certain situations, it happens. Like in, in Lebanon, there was so much waves that uh, you may do a dive in training that's from 25 meters. And then when you get to the competition, it's actually 28 meters because you're hit, hitting the the bottom of the wave so you never really know and so for me i, I think I, I wouldn't have made that decision if i was a, a young young guy coming in i would have wanted to to make sure i've done one to to be confident but um that's just something that comes with experience now i i knew that i could do the dive and it was just a, a matter of uh yeah, saving saving my energy and giving it my all. It, it may not have worked. I, I guess I I may have got lucky with the with the waves at that time. But uh, yeah, that's how it happened. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna have to keep keep plugging away at your mental. Day. I'm gonna break through and and figure out more. I feel like you're just not giving me. I maybe you just don't want to tell all your secrets. I don't know. Um, well, it's it's hard to 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 know really. Like. Uh, I know during the competition, I've I've found ways of of not getting too too excited. Some people use uh, music. Some people uh, chat. Some people lock themselves away in their own little bubble. And something I've found is is juggling that's that's really helped me. I just happened to to meet a couple of divers in a diving show, uh, Brandon Burchek and, and Mike Freeze, who were very good jugglers, and I was fascinated by it and wanted to learn. So I would take five juggling balls with me to, to each competition. And I, I found that in between dives or in between the training session and the competition, instead of just uh, thinking about the competition, getting nervous, waiting around when I was juggling, I would, I would be, my brain would be active. I would be staying on the ball, but I would be completely away from all the nerves of the competition that would be my my one tip is just find a find a way of staying sharp but uh not getting too i mean it's it's exhausting when you're you're waiting hours and hours just uh thinking about something really scary really dangerous and and uh and something as exciting as a as a competition so uh, i think distractions are important right i that kind of see that as like cross training for your brain right i think that's really yeah. cool i like that well, okay. So you have always competed for Great Britain, but you've been living in France since like 2010, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And and you are now training 10 meter again while still training 27 meter because you have a new goal that's kind of an old goal. <laughs> so t yeah. tell us about this uh, this part of the journey. I, I don't know how it started. I, I think I, I've always missed the the feeling of a head first entry. I, I mean, it's great cutting the water from 27 meters from your from your feet but um i i missed that feeling of a rip entry uh from your hands and uh so i've always i've been playing around uh, um, in training but uh never really thought seriously about competing again i when i thought about it, i i just thought it wouldn't be possible to to get back even to the standard that i was when i when i left off in around 2009 but then I had a problem with twisting dives. I um I was over twisting. I was getting into my twist and missing the the checkout and 
go, having to go around a whole nother twist before coming out. Oh, jeez. Um, and it was happening all the time in training, but I would always tell myself it's just because I'm lack of concentrating. I, it'll, it'll never happen on 27 meters, but then it happened on the very last dive of uh, of uh, the Red Bull Cliff Diving World Series 2017. I'd done a new very hard dive uh, a front triple with four and a half twists but had decided to take it back and and do three and a half twists which i'd been doing for a, a couple of competitions and i don't know what happened but uh yeah the last dive i i think i only needed to to place a seventh place or something like that to to win the series and then i i did an extra twist got a failed dive and and ended up finishing eighth and uh missing the the world series and so um it was the last dive of the whole season so i had to live with that mistake for a long time before i could get back up there and then so it would keep happening again in training and it was a really frustrating time um so at that time i i i didn't really want to dive i i knew i wanted to get over this problem but um i was finding much more enjoyment in the gym than uh, than actually in the diving pool and it, instead of doing twists all the time i decided I, I wanted to dive but not just doing twisters all the time because it was just getting too much so i decided to start doing my old uh, my old lead ups for for 10 meter and that's when it all started so you know, to in the winter of 2017 and um yeah things things got better and better my lead ups were were getting better took the dives up onto 10 meter again and uh yeah the, this uh dream of competing on on 10 meter again just started to get more and more interested and <laughs> as i'd been living in france for a long time i've been training with the french team it, it kind of felt strange uh not really being able to share those victories with the the team that i've been training with for so long and uh this was happening at the same time as, as Brexit was happening. And so there was also questions about me living in France, uh, what would happen. So I applied for French nationality. And when that was uh, that was sorted, I, I started asking myself, well, why not train for France and, and compete for France as well? And that kind of opened up opened up possibilities of competing internationally because the there's not that many divers uh, diving on 10 meter at the moment. There's there's only two other French divers on 10 meter in the in the men's group. So uh, I just started thinking, well, why not? Why not um, give yourself that that extra challenge? And um, yeah, I, I I made it to the the Commonwealth Games before, but I never made a World Championship and never made the Olympics. And then they announced that the Olympics were going to be in Paris in 2024. And so that also kind of opened up a, a long-term dream, like, wow, why not aim big? Uh, and uh, something something like that is, is a, a real big motivation. So um, it's still a, a, a pipe dream for me. I, I'm still not at the level to, to be... Um, thinking about the olympics but uh i i feel like how i've improved over the last couple of years then yeah for me it's a it's a it's a great a great passion and uh 
it's getting me out of the bed in the morning. It's yeah. especially in this time uh, when there's no competitions. It's um, it would be really hard just to just to be focusing on high diving because there's there's not even the chance to to go up to twenty seven meters. And so, thanks to this this goal I have of doing ten meters again, I'm I'm training so much more often and so much harder than I would be if I was just doing 27 meters. So I feel like even if I, I don't achieve my, this long-term goal of, of getting to the Olympics, uh, the, the fact that I've tried to get there is going to be beneficial to me anyway. Oh yeah, for sure. And I'm sure it'll translate to, you know, I mean, takeoffs and all that. I'm sure it'll start translating into your high diving as well. Cause you're going to continue to do both. Correct. Yeah. I'll, um, I mean, I'm, I have to. I, I have to make a living. It's uh, the, the, nobody's uh, sponsoring me to do uh, ten meters. It's uh, the twenty-seven meters will will always be uh, in my life uh, until uh, until I stop diving. But uh, now I have a, a passion project as well. That's so cool. Now, how how has COVID affected you specifically and your training and goals? Because obviously. The season was World Series was canceled last year. Is it back on for this year? Um, yeah, I guess. And how do you, is your training 10 meter, is there, can you train higher up at the facility you're at? Or do you just have to do like your lead ups on the 10 meter there? No, there's no no place higher than 10 meter, unfortunately. There's, yeah, more and more pools are, are popping up with uh, with different things, a 20 meter in Montreal. And uh, and now I've seen this uh, big project uh, in the, in the United States, um, at Fort Lauderdale, yeah, <laughs> yeah, this it looks amazing. But no, it, there's nowhere higher than ten meter that I can. Well, we we have a block that's two meters that's on the back of ten meter, but it's it's a heavy block, so it's not something that I uh, bring out very often to <laughs> to train on. So yeah, the the cancelled uh, season was was very tough to deal with. We we did manage to get one competition in in Crimea in August. So, I mean, that was a, a real big chance for us just to be able to get up onto 27 meters again and, and feel what it's like. And so it's, we haven't gone over, it will be two years for some people uh, Wow! Um, the next time they, they do the high diving. So uh, at least we got the chance to, to get back up there and, and do our dives again. But um, yeah, now we're, we're waiting for this season. We're, we haven't got any dates, uh, specific dates, but I think they're they're planning to to go ahead with the the twenty twenty one season. Oh, that's good. Well, um, where can we f- continue following you online and keep cheering you on? Because I mean, you've got a lot of lofty goals, and it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Well, t- to be honest, I've um, the last six months or so, I, I I haven't really been posting much uh, online. It's I, I don't know. I'm not somebody who, who posts things that they've done in the past, and I, I don't know that that doesn't help me. Uh, <laughs> I, I prefer looking looking ahead and just uh, focusing on my training. So I've not been super active online, but um, yeah, on on Instagram you can find me. Uh, um, I think it's Gary Diver or Gary Cliff Diver. Yeah, we'll we'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. But uh, yeah, you'll you'll see me back up on 27 meters. Uh, in no time and uh who knows um we'll see for for the 10 meters i uh I, I heard you were getting back into it are you still training 
I I am. It's it's been quite the up and down road for me too. I actually had a two level cervical fusion about two years ago. In my neck. So uh, yeah, I came back from that just in time for uh, the COVID shutdown. So <laughs> it's been kind oh, of a, really? an interesting time. But um, and now we there's no ten meters around me that are open. There's a, a five meter close by, but um, no ten meters yet. We're going to start driving to a town called San Antonio, but it's going to be a seven hour round trip for me to get one day a week practice in. So this is why I'm so interested in your mental prep because. Because you are obviously so good at what you do. So I am soaking it all in. And well, yes, I'll be continuing to stock you and your awesomeness. So maybe it'll rub off on me a little bit. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you can do it. Well, once you've done something so so often, uh, it it does stick with you. And uh, I've heard about golfers that have, have not been able to golf uh, for a long period of time. And they've just focused on, on their imagery and imagining themselves golfing and they've improved without even stepping onto the green so as long as your your head's into it and you're you're focused uh, you you can do it did you get all your dives back up um yeah. Recently? Uh, well, not recently. I mean, before COVID, I was competing. Um, so yeah, I had gotten everything off at that point. And I, you know, now, hopefully soon as we start going to San Antonio uh, every Saturday. So All the big ones, back three and a half piked and reverse. No, not, I, I'm so glad I don't have to do back three and a half pike anymore. <laughs> I don't miss that one. That was a lot. I'm, I'm doing it tough. I mean, um, still nobody else is doing that. So. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I got gainers off a couple of years ago and we'll, we're going to play with the yeah. lead-ups again. If they, if they go well, we'll, we'll do it. But if not... Um, um, we don't necessarily need it. So, I mean, it's kind of, it yeah. feels kind of easy in a way, if that sounds weird, <laughs> yeah. because it's like not the hardest list I had to do. So there's, that's kind of refreshing a little bit, you know, it's not as scary as it once was. <laughs> no, I can imagine. I mean, yeah. that's, uh, that's some lists and no, it, <laughs> it, sometimes it's nice. I've done the same. I've I got to a point in, in cliff diving where my list was hard and I was suffering mm. a lot and then decided to to take a step back and my dives were so much more consistent and I just realized that going for the biggest hardest dive it, it's it's going to pay off sometimes but it's also not going to pay off and yeah it, I'm, I'm quite happy being consistent and uh, and really enjoying the enjoying the competitions i'm sure i'll, I'll be pushed when the when the new uh, there's a, a young 17 year old uh, english guy aiden who's who's coming in he's already learned the same dives as as i've oh wow as i do so he's he's got maybe 15 years uh, ahead of me uh, <laughs> so i i'll be very surprised and i'm looking forward to seeing what dives he's coming coming out with uh, next year but uh this is where you have to pull out your experience card and be like, yeah. I have the experience. I'm going to hold on to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Gary, thank you so much for, for joining us today and sharing your awesomeness. Um, yeah, it's just, you, you are an inspiration. Your consistency blows my mind. And I love that you are just continuing to push yourself and giving yourself new, you know, passion projects. Like you said, new goals. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for speaking. We'll stay in touch. I look forward to to following you and uh, good luck with your with your ten meter. I hope you can get into the pool uh, ASAP. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. This allows us to keep bringing on amazing guests, and it also helps other athletes to find this show. Make sure to check out the show notes to follow us on social media and learn more about our awesome guest. To hear all of our amazing episodes, head on over to thepursuitofgold.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
The Pursuit of Gold is proud to be a Podigy production. That's all for now. Make sure to tune back in next week.